This week's episode of the Infos Podcast is brought to you by Comixology.com. Are you in desperate need of a superhero fix? We can help you out. Go to infamouspodcast.com slash comiXology and you can get access to Comixology Unlimited free for 30 days. And you can get access to Batman and Wonder Woman and Black Widow and Spider-Man and all these great comic book movies that are supposed to be coming out that have been pushed back. So go to infamouspodcast.com slash comiXology and start your free 30-day trial to Comixology Unlimited today. Hey, welcome back to the Infos Podcast. This is Brian. And this is Daryl. And today, Daryl, we are talking... Talkering? Words are hard, Daryl. Dude, words are, we're not even 10 seconds in and words are hard. Um, this, this week, we're talking about the first two episodes of The Mandalorian because we decided to record on Friday instead of Thursday this week. So, um, bonus. Um, and now we got to think of something else to talk about next week. Anyway, uh, and then we got news bites about Johnny Depp. We've got... Disney's movie calendar has made some pretty drastic changes and a potential spinoff um, from Disney Plus that may be shooting next week. Speculation. Um, but real quick. Question mark, question mark. Yeah, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Is that like Malkovich? Malkovich, Malkovich. Do you remember being John Malkovich? Yes. When he goes into his own head. This is the creepiest scene ever. Um, all right. So uh, what's going on, man? Like, it's been a crazy week, like not, not even talking about like the political landscape of our country. Um, I don't know about you. It's just been really busy. Yeah. I, uh, so, you know, I've had a crazy week at work and I just want to say for the supernatural fans out there, Destiel is not a thing. That's fan fiction. Okay. Let it go. I don't even know what that is, but okay. So Destiel is people who ship, quote unquote, yeah. Dean and Castiel. Yes. So as a not as a bromance duo, but as a romance duo. So wait, is Castiel an angel? Yes. They don't have junk, dude. How how would that work? Anyway, yeah, I so. but so <laughs> you know how so, so for all these people shipping that, where's Lemitatron when we need him to come down and be the voice of God? Well, they're. <laughs> I don't actually know. As but, the uh, as yeah, the non as the non theologically tilted person <laughs> person on this podcast, you know, you know that's a deep was, cut. That's a yeah. deep cut. So you know, Metatron was actually on the show, right? No. Yes, he was. Not in the first. Oh, not not in the played. first five seasons. Oh no! Okay, no. and he was played by uh, Booger from Ugh. Revenge of the Nerds. Ugh, I can't stand Curtis Armstrong. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I he just, I see him show up on things, and it's just like he's so creepy. I don't know. There's some there's something about him. I, I he uh he was on an episode of Blue Mountain State where he was trying to get his uh, daughter to hook up with uh, Alex Moran, the quarterback. Um, and it was just gross, and it's like. I don't know. I just I, I don't. I don't know anything about the guy. So it, it's like it's it's just a, a snap judgment based on just kind of the fact that he looks kind of creepy. But whatever. Yeah, I yeah. Who knows? He was Jess's principal in New Girl as well. Oh, I forgot about that. I kind of blocked that season out. That wasn't a very good season. Um, that was the season with um, 
Dylan McDermott, right? Yes. Yeah, that wasn't – yeah, I did not like that season at all. Um, But, yeah, all right. So, first story of the news bitiness. Uh, <laughs> um, so, Johnny Depp has been forced to exit – uh, Fantastic Beasts, according to this article uh, from Variety today. Yeah. Um, he posted it on Twitter that, or, well, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. He, yeah, he posted that they asked him to step down. So, okay. So, uh, have you been following the the trial at all, or the trials? Here against and there. Okay. So, yeah. like, uh, what is Jeremy from the quartering? There's a bunch yeah. of people following her, but they've all started calling her Amber Turd. Because she pooped in his bed. Yeah. Uh, which I find very funny. But uh, so in a nutshell, if you guys aren't familiar, Johnny Depp was married to Amber Heard. Um, they had a very contentious marriage. Um, she got his dogs killed by taking them to Australia. Uh, she abused him. She said he abused her, allegedly. Um, and then every single person they've talked to, uh, his exes, her friends... They all say he's, like, the sweetest person ever. And her friends are like, she's a piece of crap. Um, she actually stole her assistant's, like, um, like sexual assault story. And, like, you know, it's just, like, it's really weird. And so this was a British court that sided with him on all of this. Um, but, yeah, he he's, he's stepping down. And I actually liked him as Grindelwald. I, like, I thought he and Jude Law had a really good little chemistry there um they were the best part of the last movie anyway other than eddie redmayne because uh newt's commander is my favorite character in all of harry potter um but yeah so this article johnny depp will no longer port- portray the dark wizard gellert grindelwald in the fantastic beast film franchise the actor announced fr- friday and um he wrote on his instagram i wish to let you know that i've been asked to resign by warner brothers from my role as grindelwald in fantastic beast and i have respected and agreed to that request he wrote um so yeah this is this is this isn't good um you know it it's not a court of law right this was a the the suit that 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 they're talking about is a liable case he had against the sun which is a tabloid so if you guys think like national Enquirer, tmz uh cnn it's all a tabloid um with sensationalized stories that post these things with little to no uh proof or or anything like that so so yeah i don't know so here's the thing he'll depart the fantastic uh beast franchise um we uh, so this is from warner brothers johnny depp will protect uh depart the fantastic beast franchise we thank johnny for his work on the films to date a warner brothers spokesman said fantastic beast 3 is currently in production and the role of grindelwald will be recast the film will debut in theaters worldwide in the summer of 2022 sure it will um, cause theaters aren't going to be a thing in 2022. Yeah. So I, I, I don't, I don't know what to think about this. So, and we've talked about this before. I don't know if it's on the show, but definitely offline. It's quite interesting that they ask him to resign. And yet Amber Heard for all, for all intents and purposes at this moment is still attached to Aquaman too. Well, so is, um, Ezra okay, Miller. so is Ezra Miller, who's you know on who, video who, attacking a woman, who um, choked somebody, yeah, on film, and yet they ask Johnny Depp to resign. Yeah, it, it, it's really strange, right? And 
you know, uh, it, it, it's well, just really let's strange. Let's be honest. Like, we've talked about how Warner in general is looks like, seems like they're run by a team of monkeys anyway. Oh, so, oh, oh, hold on. Hold on. They're run by a team of single-celled amoebas because they don't have two <laughs> brain cells to rub together. My, my, my apologies to monkeys. Yeah, monkeys are smart. They're adorable. Yeah, they actually you know, other than throwing poop around at each it's other, which is, oh, you know. Talking poop at people. Yeah, but I mean, which come is, on. It's their practical joke. So sure. I mean, I yeah, know. I mean, that's, 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 their, that's their going to the movies is throwing poop at each other. Maybe that's... <laughs> Maybe that's what we do coming out of out of the uh, the quarantine stuffness is we just start throwing poop at each other, dude. I would not be able to walk ten steps in the world if that was the case without throwing up. Well, I mean, just don't go to San Francisco then. Well, I mean, I told you the story about Haley when she was a baby and she had the blowout in her crib and like she had rolled in it. And I ran out, and I was in the bathroom, like, throwing up. And Angel comes in. She's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm barfing. I'm just pointing back at Haley's room, just, like, just pointing, like, you know, like, emphatically. And she walked in there, and she was this trooper and took care of it. And, like, later that day, she's like, what would you have done if I hadn't been here? I said, I don't know. I <laughs> would have just stayed there. I said, I probably would have bricked up the door, and we would have started over with a new kid. Um, <laughs> so, Yeah. So it's funny, like, you know, not to be gross, but Angel is really good with that stuff. And I'm fine with vomit. So, you know, and she's like vomit is like her trigger. So anyway, how do you balance each other? We do. That's why we're married, because she can handle the poop and I can handle the puke. Um, Yeah. So, okay, so here's kind of what I want to see with this Fantastic Beast things. If he's not booked is go back to Colin Farrell. Yes, I read some. There was actually somebody. um one of the articles I read about this, there was a, in a comment, somebody's mentioned that. And cause I really like Colin Farrell in the first one. And let, to be honest, I was kind of disappointed when Johnny Depp came in. I was a hundred percent let down when he morphed into Johnny Depp. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. And it has nothing to do with Johnny Depp as an actor or anything. Yeah. It's just, I was so digging Colin Farrell in that role. Absolutely. So that, that would be the ideal solution to this. Mm-hmm. So we'll see again. We we know WB Warner is not. Yeah, they. I mean, they they, they kept. The they. I mean, Jeff Johns is still allowed to do stuff there after the way he's treated Ray Fisher. Joss Whedon got like a wide berth, you know, and and Joss Whedon's a scumbag. And yeah, allegedly. And a, I mean, hold on, let me rephrase yeah, that. Well, Joss Whedon is allegedly a scumbag. <laughs> yeah. And this is not including, if you take away stuff that allegedly happened on the Justice League, some right. of the stuff that has come out about him. Well, so, like the Buffy stuff. So, yeah. All right. So they have Johnny Depp's full, uh, full statement here. Uh, and it says, in light of recent events, I would like to make the following short statement. Firstly, I'd like to thank everybody who has gifted me with their support and loyalty. I have been humbled and moved by your many messages of love and concern, particularly over the last few days. Uh, Johnny, we're right there with you, buddy. Um, secondly, I wish to let you know that I have been asked to resign by Warner Brothers from my role as Grindelwald in Fantastic Beast, and I have respected and agreed to that request. Finally, I wish to say this. The surreal judgment of the court in the UK will not change my fight to tell the truth, and I confirm that I plan to appeal. My resolve remains strong, and I intend to prove that the allegations against me are false. My life and my career will not be defined by this moment in time. Thank you for reading. Sincerely, Scriggly Lines, Johnny Depp. 
Scriggly lines. Well, I mean, he signed it. Like, honestly, the way he signed it, I'm, I'm questioning if he's literate. Um, so <laughs> Maybe he signed it as Captain Jack. Maybe he had somebody else write this and he just signed it. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I am I, – I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't I, – I, I have a very low opinion of celebrities these days. Um, yes. At the same I time, I, I think there's been enough – like I think of Winona Ryder of all people would come out and if he was a scumbag, she's a pretty straight shooter it seems. She would say he's a he's a POS. Um, and yeah, I mean Amber Heard, while she's aesthetically pleasing to look at, like is not someone who I really want to go see in a movie. Not at all. So. Not at all. I mean, she's like the homeless person, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. So, all right. Uh, let's move on then to the next story. Also from Variety, uh, Disney has removed Ryan Reynolds' Free Guy um, and Death of the Nile from its release calendar. So, Disney announced another shakeup to the studio release calendar, postponing uh, action comedy Free Guy and Death on the Nile, the follow up to Kenneth Brownell's hit. Did, okay, why isn't hit in quotes? Um, the murder on the Orient Express because that movie was not a hit; it was a bomb. Um, Free Guy was slated for December 11th, then Death on the Nile was set to debut December 18th. Neither have new release dates. Uh, put them both on HBO Max. Yeah, those these these are two movies that are not going to be just just throw them on there, throw them on whatever because th- these aren't like a, a Wonder Woman or a a big budget movie that's going to make a lot what, that would conceivably bring a lot of people to the theaters. It's, it's just not, there's not, they're not going to put butts in seats. Nope. The delays are another blow to movie theaters, which have been struggling to sell tickets with the dearth of new film offerings. As it stands, Wonder, Wonder Woman, 1984, the comic book sequel starring Gail Gadot, Godot, uh, is the only potential blockbuster sk- still scheduled for 2020. The superhero temple will premiere on Christmas day, Smaller movies like Universal's animated adventure The Crude's A New Age on November 25th, Thriller Freaky on November 13th, and Promising Young Woman on December 25th also remain on deck. But all of the movie theaters are closed for the foreseeable future. So where is Wonder Woman going to come out? Well, no. Um, so AM, wait a minute. So Cinemark is still open. Okay. Um, the Regal is closed, correct? Yeah. AMC, I don't know about. I just saw an article that they lost a billion dollars or something ridiculous like so, that. Yeah. AMC is AMC is the Titanic right about now. And from what I could understand, I, although I think of the, part of they're partially owned or majority owned by a studio or by someone in China. Yeah, AMC so is a, a Chinese company at this point. So, yeah. so uh, all right. So as far as film distributors for the next wide theatrical releases. We've got Freaky on November 13th, Wonder Woman December 25th, Monster Hunter December 30th. But didn't Monster Hunter just come out on video on demand? Anyway, all right. The Devil's Light January 8th, Cash Truck. These all sound like Seinfeld movies. Rochelle, <laughs> Rochelle. Uh, Cash Truck January 15th, The King's Man, which is the prequel to The King's Men. Um, February 12th, 2021, uh, the untitled Billy Holiday Project, February 12th, 2021. If it's still untitled, 
and we're they, November 6th, it's not coming how out. How do they have a release date? And then Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon, or Raya and the Last Dragon, March 12th, 2021. Uh, of all of these movies, the only one I think that has a chance of hitting its like release date as posted here is Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah, like... But we can get into the conspiracies about like all of this later. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like seriously, Warner's just just put Free Guy. Free Guy is something I definitely wanted to see, and I definitely wanted to see it in the theater. Um, just put it on HBO Max. Charge me ten extra bucks for it, and we'll be good. Yeah, plain and simple. Yeah, that, that's or, one of those or put it put it I on would, sale for twenty bucks, and I'll buy it on iTunes. Yeah, I would so. buy that. I, I would buy that for twenty bucks. Yes. But, yeah, it's it, this. It's getting ridiculous at this point. So, all right, let's uh, let's yeah. talk about more ridiculousness. Um, <laughs> I hate Boba Fett. I I don't know if you guys know that. I, I I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned that I hate Boba Fett. Um, on this podcast before, Daryl, were you aware that I hated Boba Fett? Yeah. Uh, oh, guess what? Tomorrow the sun is going to rise as well. So. <laughs> Water is wet and the sky <laughs> is typically blue. Um, all right. So there is a rumor that the Mandalorian is uh, reportedly getting a Boba Fett spinoff series and it could start shooting as early as next week. So today is Friday, November 6th. So starting Monday, November 9th, it could start shooting. I do not okay. know where they, well, the source is Deadline. So I don't know where Deadline got, let's see if Deadline has a source. Um, this is just ridiculousness, right? Um, Tamara Morrison showed up for two seconds, uh, you know, spoilers, um, at, at some point during the Mandalorian's premiere. And and now they're gonna do a, a Boba Fett miniseries. So, well, let's let's talk about the first ridiculous thing that it can be shooting as as early as next week. Well, okay, th- that 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 headline is a one hundred percent clickbait thing. Um, yeah. so I'm looking at the original article here from Deadline, uh, Disney Plus signature original series, The Mandalorian. Just returned for its second season, which had rap produ- which had rap production just before the pandemic hit in March. While not officially greenlit, a third season of the hit Star Wars series has been in pre-production for months. That has been greenlit. Um, with I thought it was at least with creators, directors, and executive producer John Favreau publicly stating that he'd hoped to start filming by the end of 2020, which may be the case. With some sources indicating that production will be starting as soon as next week or in late November, early December, while other points why others point to spring or even fall twenty twenty one. Um and then it says here confusion stems from the level of secrecy in the Lucasfilm camp, but persistent chatter could explain the discrepancy with another Mandalorian related project spinoff. I hear possibly a Boba Fett miniseries would film first. Starting next week or later this month, with the Mandalorian season uh, season three production coming after that. Nobody, everybody thinks they want a Boba Fett series, right? So this is my thing. Let, let me get this because I, I, I understand your um, disdain for the character, rightfully so. Be, well, let let me put it this way: the character in the movies is. You know when they say in, in sports they call something overrated, like there's not a word to 
to explain how overrated Boba Fett is in the Star Wars um, cinematic universe. There just isn't. No. Like, yeah, he was very cool. He did nothing. That that's that's basically Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, I would kind of be interested in a limited series, like in the sense of no wondering what he was doing in in this time frame. What is his purpose now? With that being said, I would much rather have them start working on the Mandalorian season three ASAP. before they did this. Yes, mm-hmm. like today. Yeah, <laughs> I, I. It's one of those things that we really didn't ask for, and again, you, we hear that a lot. We say that a lot, but I, I'm curious just because of some of the stuff that happens in the Mandalorian. You know, we'll get to that later. But at the same time, there there are several characters I would much rather see on film, Absolutely. or on you know on Disney Plus before I would rather see before Boba Fett. So like, I'm gonna sound like really Star Wars elitist here, and I'm 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 gonna apologize for it because I I feel like Star Wars is for everyone. But Boba Fett is the character that normies like um, <laughs> to use a Tim Pool word. Um, you know, or, uh, even the, yeah, Eric July. Thank you. Um, dude, I love Eric July. His videos are amazing. Um, Boba Fett is the favorite character for all the normies who, who just kind of like casually watch star Wars movies. Um, Boba Fett in the books, comics, pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you see Boba Fett, all I think about is him like bumping his head on shit. Um, getting beat by a blind dude uh, on a, on a sand skiff and then digested for a thousand years by the Starlink. Um, of all the bounty hunters, like if we're going to do a bounty hunter spinoff, let's do like Dangar. Like yeah. we don't know a whole lot about Dangar, like in the cinematic stuff. Um, he's kind of creepy looking with his, his boils on his face and shit. I, I, you know, and selfishly, he's the bounty hunter who I gravitate towards. But, um, like, or maybe how about original characters? <gasps> we're in a new ex. We're in a new area of the Star Wars universe that, like, timeline that hasn't really been explored post Jedi. Yeah, I new characters, new. Let's 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 too, do the new often, new. Yes, too often we've seen this with Star Wars they their biggest it seems like their biggest uh attraction or their biggest goal is to hit that nostalgia mark and nostalgia is good sometimes but to to lay a lot of your foundation on it no no boy no and <laughs> boba fett is would be the biggest mark of uh, nostalgia because again we're not talking about a character that had a lot of stuff to do we're talking about a character who made to be, who was made to look like a fool. Yeah. Despite, you know, being really cool and, you know, Empire Strikes Back and granted I did read a couple of the Bounty Hunter books and it yeah. was actually he was actually very interesting. Yeah, he's interesting in those. In those. Yeah. So, hey, so, really funny for a second in this deadline or, uh, article, article. Um there is a a picture of the Mandalorian with the child. And the caption says the Mandalorian and then in parentheticals, Pedro Pascal. And that just makes me laugh because it's probably not Pedro Pascal. And one of his one of his stuntmen is not getting the credit they deserve. Um, Did you know they had three stuntmen for him this year? Yeah. 
So yeah, that was interesting. So yeah, um, I actually in my notes have a. Uh, how much time do you think Pedro spent on set? Um, so, yeah, uh, I, 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 I don't want this. I don't. Um, I, I'm really enjoying The Mandalorian for all its ups and downs. Um, the fact that it's new and interesting and not something that it's like, oh, they did this better in the comics or they did this better in a cartoon or they did this better um, in a book. Mm-hmm. So... Like with Favreau, I will say I will give this caveat. With Favreau at the helm of kind of the Star Wars Disney Plus universe, I'm going to give everything that they send out a chance. But there are things that will be lower on my list of excitability, and this would probably fall down there at the moment. I'll Just, be again. honest. The only reason I would watch it is because we would probably talk about it on this podcast. <laughs> Who knows? It like could be great. the lie. <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, we've got Mando season two, chapter nine, episode one, the Marshall. Um, so I do have to say this episode gave us something that I didn't know I always wanted. What's that? Space Railing Gibbons. I mean, uh, Timothy Oliphant, I, I mean, I love him anyway. Just yeah. In general, you know, I've loved him in the Santa Clarita diet. I don't mm. know if you're right. Oh, dude, I, I haven't watched the last season yet, but I, I do love that. He's just amazing. So. And yes, like you said, he was in this episode as the marshal. He was 100%. Space railing given. Dude, space railing is where it's at. Um I I I'm you know, when he we knew he was coming, I knew who he was playing, so I knew what to expect. Um because yeah. uh Cobb Vanth has a single chapter in each of the three aftermath books, which are okay. The first one I liked, the last one I really liked, the second one I did not care for. Um but but yeah, so it it was interesting. So uh, it kicked off. It says, so the summary for this one is seeking other Mandalorians to help him reunite the child with his kind. The Mandalorian approaches criminal Gore Koresh, who supposedly knows their whereabouts at a ring fight. A ring fight, Daryl. After failing to kill the Mandalorian for his Beskar armor, Koresh reveals the rumors of another Mandalorian operating on Tatooine. Returning to Tatooine, the Mandalorian and the child are reunited with mechanic Peli Mato. Mato reveals the location of Mos Pelgo, uh, a town thought destroyed and not shown on most maps. Um, I liked this episode a lot. We talked about this um, a little bit during the week. Um, I, I feel like the Marshal is the first episode of the Mandalorian that really showed how big the universe had become in the wake of the second Death Star explosion. Yeah. I really enjoyed Cobb's story talking about that. Yeah. And I, yeah, that was and, great when he was like, when the Death Star exploded. The, the second, second one. one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was delivered in that Raylan Givens, Timothy Oliphant way that only he can do. And yeah, so. 
I mean, I, thing- I'll admit I fanboyed out a little bit because, like, Tim, <laughs> I mean, Tim Oliphant is one of my favorite actors, and I you love know, him. yeah, in in Justified is is legitimately in my top three of all time favorite shows. So, and if if we're talking like all time favorite like drama type shows, it's number one. And the thing he has he has that same coolness about him mm-hmm. that the Mando has, and yes. he did not back down. He's like, look. Hey, I, you know, you might be used to giving orders, but in this town, I'm the one that gives orders. Yeah, and you know, he knew how to use the armor pretty well. So let's let's uh, let's jump ahead a little bit. So we found out how he got the armor. He bought it off Jawas. Jawas get everything, man. Amazing. All right. So then he goes back into the village, the town, the mining op, the mining uh, camp, and the people who had taken over. He, you know, does what people dress as Mandalorians do who aren't named Boba Fett and kicks some ass. Um, explain to me how he got, like, was this a Mary Sue thing? He got the armor. He went directly back to town and he used it flawlessly. I mean, it might be one of those, what was the commercial, the old Geico commercial, so easy a caveman could do it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so easy a miner can do it um you know no 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 dissing miners or anything like that but i i i found that kind of funny because he used he's not a mandalorian and he used the uh the armor much better than boba fett did uh i did like when when he sat down and took the helmet off and the the just kind of the body language shift in in mando um yes. so whoever was in the armor kudos um, and then he said, a "Real Mandalor- uh, Mandalorian. I've never met a real one before." And it was it was just so cool because, you know, here here Mando was expecting this to be a this is the way, um, you know, uh, believer, and you know, it just turned out to be some dude who was just doing good. Yeah, it. Yeah, and, and it's funny you said uh, like whoever's under the armor because we have no idea who's under there at any given time really mm-hmm. but yeah i love that scene because you yeah you could absolutely see the body language and that's the cool thing about one of the cool things i like about not being able to see someone's face yeah but you can still read them with the body language well i and, thought i thought oliphant did a great job with that too because when he came back and he walked into the bar and um you know his buddy the um the Weequay proprietor who was played by W Earl Brown, who was the bartender on Deadpool, which or Deadpool, Deadwood that uh, Timothy Oliphant was on. He did the same thing where he just kind of did the head nod to tell him to get out. And like, that was a hundred percent body language and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. So. And from there we get, of course, you know, they're going to throw down and then we get the kind of, uh, the, the shakes main antagonist yeah of the story <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it the uh okay and- hold on before we talk about that um the the beginning opens with the mandalorian walking through some seedy city where there's lights down the corridor and there's red eyes in the darkness which i thought was really cool and he goes to um a grimorian wrestling match um with a ring fight uh, yeah ring fight whatever <laughs> A ring fight is, um, um, um essentially an, an axe battle contest, 
um, where I guess they were like wearing body shields. There was a lot of Dune in this episode. I was about to say that was a that um, was Dune right there. Anyway, and and he's so uh, Gore Koresh was voiced by John Leguizamo, who I love as well. Um, was it was a really cool moment, and it still like did the thing where when Baby Yoda closed the pram, right, or the child closed the closed the pram, like. I wanted everything to be dark and just hear the whistling birds killing everybody. I didn't want to see it. Yeah, that that's I, I get why they did that, but it, there is there's something about not seeing something and then hearing it and just letting your imagination. Yeah, theater 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 of the theater of the mind is a very powerful tool. Yeah. Um, and they could have saved like that budget for something else. Um. But yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that's how it started. And then uh, Gore Koresh tried to run away. Mandalorian got him. He had promised that he wouldn't kill him by his own hand. Um, and he stuck to his word <laughs> and left read him. Read the fine print, Gore. Re- left him print. for the, the red-eyed creatures in a very cool moment that um, I don't want to, like, super spoil. But but yeah, it, it start like the, the season just started off on a high note. Um, I will also say the the runtime of this episode was fifty one minutes, um, much preferable to the thirty four minute series premiere. Um, so I was excited for that. But okay, yeah. so back to oh sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was about to say yeah that that w- that was actually one of the things I sent you right before I start watching. I said, dude, it's like fifty minutes long. Yeah. Woohoo! Um, all right, so back to uh, most Pelo, Pelgo. Um, so yeah, they're about to they're about to uh, what was it? Skin that smoke wagon, <laughs> uh, and throw down. <laughs> um, and you know everything starts shaking, and Timothy Oliphant does the great finger up just like just one second i need to i need to check on something um and they come to a a bit of a parlay an accord if you will um about what mando can do to earn the armor the the boa fett armor back yeah defeat help him defeat the crate dragon yeah which it's funny i've heard so much about crate dragons and you know star wars lore Mm -hmm. to actually see one that thing was a real deal yeah i mean like Shai Hulud would have been proud. Yeah, <laughs> not just from a, a like a terror standpoint, but the animation and the the CG of this cre- bringing this thing to life. So like, just like here's the cool thing about the crate dragon, right? Is when they were filming those scenes, they were filmed in IMAX. So when the crate dragon fights would happen. I don't know if you noticed, but the aspect ratio of the screen would switch to 21 by 9 from 16 by 9. So you got the black bars on the top and bottom. You know, it's funny that I I didn't notice that part, but I note I, I was thinking in my head, like, this looks just different. Yeah. Like, every time it was on, I was like, this looks different. Like, it, it was so well done, so mm-hmm. well executed. And again, we we talked about this before about Mandalorian being almost, in a sense, a long running movie in yeah. the way they they've done things. And right. spe- I would say this season, especially, or I won't say especially because there's only been two episodes, but both episodes this season has done a great job of 
from a visual standpoint, mm-hmm. making this look like something you could see on the big screen. Yeah, absolutely. So in and so there was uh there was speculation that this was meant to be released in theaters. Um, like the season pre- series premiere of the Inhumans, which was shot in IMAX as well. What's Inhumans? Uh, it's allegedly a show that was on um, the American Broadcast Channel. The only Inhumans I know of is from the Avengers video game I'm playing mm. and the Marvel uh, comics. So, mm, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> snob. <laughs> normie <laughs> yeah. anyway One, yeah uh no but the whole thing so teaming up with the sand people was really cool uh, i felt like din and and cob din Jarn and cob vanth had a lot of really great scenes together there was definitely a rapport that was built to you know just fast forwarding to the end um cob was like really hope our paths cross again so fingers crossed we're gonna get like another couple episodes with him and the oliphant in there so speaking of when you were talking about characters i'd rather see in a series in boba fett mm-hmm. timothy oliphant's character cob vanth 100 percent. yeah just like being the marshal yep with the with the boba fett costume um so i mean he did a really good job cosplaying as boba fett um you know, you never think of Timothy Oliphant as being like as wiry and and thin as he is, but it really came out in that, with that armor on. Yeah, that that was honestly the first that when he walked in, mm-hmm. that was the first thing I noticed about him. It's like, dude, you're built like Spike back in the day. Yeah, like, um, you know, if they ever did like an old, like, and I'm not saying he's old. I mean, I think he's like fifty maybe, but like. Like if they ever did like an old man Spider Man, like he'd be perfect. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like I, I, you know, the whole the whole scene with them like getting together with the Sand People to plan the uh, the murder of the crate dragon was really cool with the the baby crate dragon uh, skeleton and the pebbles and he's like that's not to scale and Dinjarin's like it's to scale. <laughs> There are some really good one-liners. There. Yeah, there it was. There were it was great. Um, like when when the one uh, sand person like met an untimely demise, Bubba or oh, I almost said Bubba Fett. Yeah, you might have hung up on me. Nah, yeah. I can't. I can't do the show without you. Nobody wants to just listen to me talk. So I don't want to listen so, to just me talk. <laughs> <laughs> so Mando looks over at uh, Cobb and says, "They may be open to some fresh ideas." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, so Favreau wrote and directed this one, which was great. Um, and the reason he couldn't direct in the first season is because he was making Jungle Book. Um, I will say, did you watch the gallery stuff about the volume? No, I did not. So I'm going to, if you guys haven't watched this, I'm going to recommend it don't. Um, because I sit there trying to guess, like, where the where the uh, the practical, like, stage ends and where the volume starts. And it's uh, it, it's affecting it's it's affecting my enjoyment of the show, and especially in the second episode of the season. Um, and I just need to stop doing it. I just like, but it, it's just mentally I can't, um, because the volume is such a cool thing and it does such an amazing job. Um, I'm just like trying to nitpick something that I don't need to nitpick. Uh, but yeah, you know what? The volume sounds like like some type of uh, MacGuffin you would find in Alias or something, like, a show like that. <laughs> Well, that was the Rimbaldi ball. Yeah. 
which you know was the dark matter used to create a black hole within a black hole within a black hole in Star Trek. So yes, you know. Anyway, um, okay, so they they take care of the crate dragon. He gets his his chunk of meat. They get the crate dragon's pearl, which now the Tuscan Raider Raider clan is very wealthy, um, which was really cool. And the pearl I think was from Knights of the Old Republic. Um, that was like a mission where you got that, if I remember correctly. Okay. So I never played that. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I think this was cool. So Ludwig uh, Gorenson did the the soundtrack again. I love, I love the soundtrack of this show. Um, the score absolutely. And so that's gonna come out sometime in November for the first season. So last year they every episode, um, the Monday I think. Or may I mean it may have been Saturday, but like or on the the Friday it came out. But I usually found the Monday after. Um, that season's all the music from that episode was on I uh, Apple Music. So really, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, granted, I'm not in the Apple, um, you know, sphere of technology, but still. I mean, I'm sure it was on Spotify too. So. I was about to say, I'm sure I can like say something to my Echo over here and get something i've done it before you know yeah played the mando uh theme song but i've never okay. like i didn't realize that the sound like the music from every show came out yeah they did last but, year i haven't checked to see if they've done it this year but okay. uh um so this episode has been uh the reception is very positive uh 93 on rotten tomatoes aggregator based on 28 reviews um the critics consensus with surprising twists, delightful turns, and a ton of turbo-loaded action, The Marshal is a spectacular return for The Mandalorian and doesn't skimp on the baby Yoda. Uh, Metacritic indicates generally favored reviews with 76 out of 100. Um, uh, uh, with an average score of 76 out of 100. Uh, oh, I hit the button. Um, where'd it go? <laughs> Um, Nick Allen of RogerEbert.com praises the Kray Dragon a action scenes and Gorenson's score. score. Um, Dan Feinberg, Hollywood Reporter, was concerned that season two might show some bloated or spoiled in some way by the success, um, but concluded the result was, uh, for a little show, easily the biggest, perhaps most purely entertaining episode to date, which I agree with. Yeah. Um, and then Ben Lindbergh of The Ringer criticized the episode's similarity to previous episodes, but stated that the episode resembled a blend of the mostly Monster of the Week episodes in the middle of last season, which didn't shed a lot of light on the overarching plot, which I disagree with that 100%, and I don't know what show he was watching. So I have a thing about this. Um, I, I have a thing about The Ringer lately, but let's... Uh, oh, I've, I haven't paid attention. That's neither here Rangers. nor there. So... so this show does have an overarching plot, but mm -hmm. it's not. But unlike other shows, say for instance, Supernatural, you know, since I mentioned it earlier, yeah. there is a clear, one hundred percent clear path that they take from the start of the season to the end of the season. And yes, they have Monster of the Week and yeah. filler episodes. They meander. Yes, but this show is not like focused on that overarching plot like a like a supernatural or a you know another show like arrow or something like that yes there's a plot to get you know baby yoda the child to its you know to meet meet up with more mandalorians get the child back to its family or jedi or whatever what have mm -hmm. you yeah in that though 
there is a lot of there's a, there's more room for um to go from to go different places or you know like a supernatural or something like that that has that specific end goal you're more you have more constraints you have to divvy out the plot right in a certain way this show is not about is not like that so ben lindbergh and, and again you can have your opinion but i i think it's pretty clear that this show is not like one of those shows that have a definitive you know in game it doesn't have an end point in mind they're not they're not building right. towards an ending yet they're yeah, you know exactly. in which star wars has never really done that let's be honest yeah, um, and I think people are so used to that in genre shows yeah. that, like, they ex- not only they expect it, but they see it in their mind, even though it's not there with this. Yeah. All right. The last thing is, um, you know, and we, we can talk about her more because she had much more to do in the second episode. But Amy Sedaris was so great when they first showed up, and she's like so happy to see the child, and she's like, "If you ever get another one, I would like to buy it or its offspring." <laughs> So yeah, I saw a couple of I forgot like, I forgot to mention that. About that. Yeah. Anyway. Um okay, so that was the Marshall uh great episode. Like I, I really I was really, really happy um with it. All right, so moving on, episode two, since uh it came out today. Uh spoilers. <laughs> uh we're not yes. gonna be able to avoid those. Exclamation um, point, exclamation point. Yeah. Exclamation ooh, point. Ooh, wait, uh wah, wah, wah. <laughs> There you go, Matt. <laughs> um <laughs> My buddy Matt said he, he liked my little wah wah wah, which is I think is awful and, and obnoxious. But um, all right, so this one is called the Passenger. Um, in the summary, it's just a very short sentence. Is all I could find. Um, the Mandalorian must ferry a passenger with precious cargo. Um, more on that later. <laughs> on a risky journey. Uh, so oh, this I mean, was short yeah to the point. The the episode was shortened to the point. It was only a thirty six minute runtime. Um, yeah. Peyton Reed from uh, Bring It On fame uh, directed this, written by John Favreau. It uh, it was uh, also Peyton Reed did uh, Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp. So yeah, super small cast um, in this. Uh, you had the Mando, so Pedro and his rotating cast of stuntmen, Amy Sedaris, uh, Misty Rose was the Frog Lady. That was her name, the Frog Lady. Deep uh, D-, D Bradley Baker. Um, do you know who D-, D Bradley Baker is? Yeah. Okay. So if you guys don't know, he was the voice of Rex and Cody and all of the clones in Clone Wars. Uh, he was also the voice of Appa on <laughs> on um, and Momo on uh, Avatar: the Last Airbender. Avatar. So he does he does a lot of animals. There, like he's made a, a whole thing, and he was the voice of the Frog Lady. Um, uh, Richard Aote, uh was back as Zero. And then Paul Sun Hung Lee was Captain Carson Tiava, Tiva, and Dave Filoni was back as Trapper Wolf. Um, Trapper Wolf. Trapper Wolf. Uh, so Trapper Wolf. I'm not sure what the trapper comes from, but the wolf is because the loath wolf. Um, anyway, I was lukewarm. So I, wa- I actually watched it twice today. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how many times you got to watch it. Watched it once, and I watched three reactions to it. So. Okay. So I watched it in pieces this morning, and then this afternoon, Angel and I sat down and watched the whole thing. Um, so I watched it all at once. So I I was lukewarm on it, watching it in pieces, because I think I had too much time to think about 
silly things. Um, and I'm just going to get my, my nitpick out of the way. So when he is approached by the X-Wings and they're getting to go their separate ways, he says to them, may the force be with you. Yeah. It has been shown in the show. He does not know what the force is. And when the armorer tells him about Jedi, he calls them space wizards. And yet he knows to just say, may the force be with you. I, I, I could see that something. Well, I, it's, I, it's, I it's a nitpick. Like I, I it didn't like, it just kind of took me out of the moment for a second. Um, but so Johnny boy, you got, I need to know why did he say that? <laughs> okay. So this was an episode that the first probably like 15 minutes, even though the, um, the ambush was pretty cool but the first 15 minutes or so of this episode i was kind of bored like okay and so, partially yeah. part of that had to do with chapter nine being so good and yep. me expecting that so it tempered my expectations but i will say the second half of the episode i really enjoyed and it it went from a star wars almost like this horror movie type setup which i again peyton reed with you know ant-man and doing all the ants and r.i.p anthony um too soon (laughs) so seeing him do i I, and i think he did a you know with the what what do you call it the the horde i guess you would say yeah just like you would so i really enjoyed how this became kind of like your regular romp of you know, passenger with a precious cargo to a, a horror story of survival. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the part, second half of this, the second half I really enjoyed a little bit lukewarm on the first half of the episode. Yeah. So my, okay. So I, I, I did notes on this one, which I've, I've not been as diligent as you are in doing notes. So I started, uh, bounty hunters just don't quit. They did not quit. Um, you know, it was, um, you know, why is the child so helpless still? You know, he's yeah. he's he's exhibited like forced abilities. Not I'm not saying I want him to be like a fully trained thing, but like when 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 Den and the- when Den well yeah, he stopped the, the, the big beastie thing there. Um the slughorn. No, that's not right. Slughorn, that's okay. That's no, no, slughorn is not the right word. Slughorn was no. a professor in Harry Potter. Mudhorn. He stopped the mudhorn. Mudhorn, yeah. Mudhorn. Um and and when he was uh when when Din and and Caradun were just having a friendly test of strength, uh he choked her out. Like there's a dude who has you with a knife. Like just like do the magic hand thing, baby. Yeah, he and, do the magic yeah. hand thing, baby. <laughs> so uh there was that. Um and then <laughs> how much of Pedro will be in this episode <laughs> was my next thing. Um so yeah. Why um, why didn't he just fly them back to the Razor Crest? Why did he take the speeder bike? Yeah. Uh, see, th- like, is he ju- trying to return it? Like, is it like was it a rental? Um, yeah, I, I would assume. Like, it was is a he rental. getting? I, I don't think he's getting his deposit back on that one. Um, <laughs> so uh, my next one is why is he so, so dumb? Um, the Mando is dumb. He makes a lot of dumb, dumb moves. 
I don't feel like he ever has a plan. Well, he 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 likes shooting from the hip to coin a phrase. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, you know, um, and so this is all just the the whole thing at the beginning with the the um, the bounty hunters. The other th- cool thing is this was one hundred one hundred percent the coolest use of Mandalorian jetpack ever. Yes. So when they did the tripwire to to wreck the speeder bike, you know, when he leaves Baby Yoda to, or the child to go like just blah, 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 on the ground like a tumbleweed, like a tumbleweed, and yet he has the wherewithal to use the jetpack to land safely and softly and in battle formation. Um, but then when the the alien, I, I don't remember the species, um, had Baby Yoda with a knife to his throat <laughs> um there are a lot of knives in these first two episodes did you notice that yeah i, I do like um, i mean I'm a, as a knife a fan of knives i mean it's very dune like you know again with the chris knives and knives um but so so this this creature has a knife to the little creature that is the child <clears throat> and he wants the jetpack that the Mandalorian has not the Boba Fett one. That's just like hanging out on the ground over there. He wants the, the, the new, new um, <laughs> to, to use that phrase again. Um, and again, great use of the jetpack. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that, and to your point about Mando not having a plan, I don't know. Because going back to episode one, where he is in the, you know, the pit fighting ring or the pit fighting area, he knows, yeah, there's a op- the chance to be surrounded, and he has the what are they called? The whisper are they the whispering willows? The whispering or- birds. Whispering birds. The whistling whistling birds. Whistling birds. Whistling birds. Okay. But it does seem like he's caught off guard more than he should be. I yeah. will say that. Like, he's surprised that this guy is lying to him about where the Mandalorians are. And, you know, um, yeah, it, it's just he seems kind of dumb. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, you know, and then he has to walk back. Like, if his jetpack is out of juice, I'm sure the one he just got from Cobb Vanth, he could have flown that. Yeah, oh, was, and we did leave bad. out a great line from Cobb Vanth when he's like, um, I didn't break that from when Han broke it and he yeah. killed Boba Fett. <laughs> uh, I'm just real quick throwback to the last episode. Uh, but yeah, so I, like while it was great and it looked amazing and, 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 you know, Peyton Reed is no slouch when it comes to doing the action. And it was cool to see the b- bounty hunters just like rolling out of the rock formations like clowns in a clown car. Um, yes. You know. <laughs> Again, like, dude, you, you, you even say two minutes later in dialogue, we have to move around. Speed is our ally. Um, like, you know they're coming for you. So why do you take a job where you're – I mean, I get why he had to take the job. No, no, no. But why isn't he more observant about what's going on? Why isn't he more yeah. cautious? Yeah. So it's almost like he doesn't care about the child. Well, I mean – Let's face it, the child is kind of a murderer. The, oh, the the child is a straight-up stone-cold killer. Yeah, so... So I, it, I, I counted five. How many? Five that I counted. There may have been more, but five. Yeah, so. it's it's kind of funny that when, what, last season, when they were 
on I think it was episode three with Gina Carano's first episode where the child is eating the frog. The frog, yeah. Yep. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, that's disgusting, but they're laughing at it. Yeah. And as I told you, I, I do watch some reaction. Yeah. Um, I typically don't channels. watch those, but that's, yeah. But every single one of them, I mean, they laugh, but they were like, dude, what are you doing? There's like, that's a potential sentient being you're eating. Yeah, right. So, all right. Um, so, real quick, just to get back. So, he gets back to um, to Pelly, um, and and the and the Razor Crest. Um, well, first he meets her in a bar where she's playing cards. I think she's playing Sabak, and uh, you know she looks at him and and she she says, "Stop your crying, you'll rust." <laughs> uh, I thought that was great. And then she she you know won from Doctor Mandible. Uh, she called him uh, and the guy had to or well, the creature told him like yeah I have a person who knows where Mandalorians are um, and you know lo and behold it's someone that Pelly had just met and she played it off like they were old friends again he's so dumb um, I will say when they were cooking the um, the crate dragon meat um, on the engine and everything I thought that was a really cool scene uh, and she says, I like my medium rare. I'm not a Rodian. What did what did Rodians do to her? Like, why the hate? I have to say, I really love her character. I love her, too. Like, like I, if she came back, like, every, like, fifth episode, I would be yeah. just over the moon. Like, she is so, awesome. Um, did you watch Strangers with Candy when it was on Comedy Central? No, I did she, not. She was, she was the lead in that. It was her and Stephen Colbert when he used to be funny. Um, and it was great he was the principal and she was like a 30 year old high school student. Um, and it was, and she's, you know, she's had mental issues. Um, and then she was in chef. Did you watch chef yet? Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, she's, uh, she's, um, Gloria from Sofia Vergara's characters, uh, publicist, who's the one who's trying to help him out after he goes nuts and ends up on the internet. And she gets yeah. him. A, she gets him an audition for for Hell's Kitchen because <laughs> she has no idea. Yeah. She thinks he's just like a cook at McDonald's or something. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was great. And then it was the whole that whole thing, right? She's like, "Oh no, no, this is easy. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's it's just her." Um, but uh, she's got she's got these eggs, and she's got to get them there by a certain amount of time. And oh yeah, by the way, no light speed. No hyperspace. <laughs> um, and he agreed to it. <laughs> yeah. Dumb. You know, a lot of these, like what's going on, especially these first two episodes, it really reminds me of an RPG when you're, you have to do these little, you, you talk to this person, then yeah. talk to this person, yeah. then talk to this person. Maybe they can help you. It, that's exactly <laughs> what I it, I couldn't help but thinking that it's just like, dude, like I'm playing, I'm watching a RPG get played because it's just like hop here, hop here. Hop I think that's a really good way to explain it. <laughs> so, um, okay. So then they get, they load up on the razor crest and, and take off. And, you know, there's a bit of foreshadowing when he tells her to buckle in that sublight travel can be rough. And then he plots his course after complaining about pirates and pirates taking your ship and, and or killing you. He goes and takes a nap. Yeah, which. Okay. Let's 
that's one of those I would 100% agree. That's kind of weird. If you know all of this stuff and you know light speed is dangerous, yeah. wouldn't you want to be awake to be diligent? You know, I don't know. Diligent. Yeah, be diligent. Check out the sensors. Maybe change up um, like the course every now and then. Yeah. Just in, you know, especially if you're doing going down like you know, quote unquote, space corridor that's mm-hmm. well traveled. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I don't know how the the Star Wars universe then does some, you know does some of the travel, especially when you're talking about sublight speed. Yeah. And and stuff like that, but yeah, I that was a yeah. I'm gonna take a nap. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, he goes and does that, and then the you get the warning clacks in, and you get, you know, uh, Commander Tiva and Trapper Wolf, and you know, or Captain Tiva and Trapper Wolf, and they're like, "Hey, huh, Razorcrest, what's up with your ship? Um, who are you? <laughs> Can uh, you get on the second channel real quick? Yeah, <laughs> I like that. So uh, yeah, so there I have um, uh, oh shit, X foils into attack position. Um, I I will say, so before, like, so when they, before he goes to his nap, that's where we first find, um, baby Yoda, baby, uh, baby child straight up murdering the frog lady's babies by eating them, eating the eggs, like gleefully just, and I will say it was pretty cute the way he, he, it's pretty cute the way he murdered those babies. Um, (laughs) that is, that is Wow, that sentence right there. Yeah, I know. It's pretty cute the way he don't take that out of context, please. Um, (laughs) So, uh, you know, he he used the uh, the force to draw the eggs like closer to him when he was like lusting over them in the container. Um, But yeah. All right. So the New Republic has a whole bunch of rules now. Like, you know, his ship was grandfathered in because it was pre Clone Wars and. You know, it, it, he didn't have to have like a transponder and, and all this tracking beacons and pings and stuff like that. And they're like, no, you need those. We need to prove you're not Empire. Yeah. And um. So I will say this. The, OK, go ahead. The yeah. When the one was, was it Tiva that said told Wolf to get on the second line? Yeah. Dude. Isn't there a way to say that without I don't know signaling the person that you're why not just get on the second line and like squawk at him right yeah i don't i mean i don't know how that works but um yeah wolf is a total karen (laughs) (laughs) uh just let the dude like travel in peace he wasn't bothering anybody um but yeah no like the 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 new republic is um not any better than the empire in my opinion yeah so we've had this discussion. We have had this discussion about, before. Um, <laughs> and and it's 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 not as it's not as cut and dry as people like to make it so, out to be, especially when you're talking about a a section uh, of space that is I don't even know how big it's the, the outer rim. It's huge. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing is the New Republic the rebellion, right? Overthrew the existing state of government. And did not have a plan for how they were going to replace that. All they yeah. did was they went back to the old way of things that people weren't happy about either. Um, that, you know, I mean, Palpatine was horrible. He was awful. He oh, he, ensla- he enslaved entire planets. But there was order and there was peace. So, you know, if you're one of those planets that weren't enslaved, like, you don't have a lot to complain about. 
Um, now, right. if you're one of those planets that were enslaved, like, yeah, I totally right. understand right. why you had yep. a rebellion. Um, <laughs> but the, the New Republic is like this is the thing that's that's always well, not always, because in, in the again, in the books and stuff like they created the government and Leia took over and she was the, yes. the president. And the fact that they did not do that in the movies, I think, is the biggest travesty of the sequel trilogy um, and the books uh, of. Well, let me rephrase that of the Disney canon. Um, I yes. don't know why they wanted to make her this militant general and like, you know, I, I don't, I, um, <laughs> words are hard, but, uh, but yeah. And so, you know, they put the S foils into attack position. They attack him essentially. Um, he does a really good job outrunning them by being like, I'm going to, this is going to sound weird, but being a smart flyer, um, until he's not a smart flyer. So and I will say that that let me talk. Yeah, you know, we were talking about how thing how the la, they the Mandalorian has done such a good job of making their making it feel like a movie, and this the whole chase scene that we're, that we're talking about right now is another example of that. Yeah, it's just so well done. So the, it's the, so beautiful. Such a great, yeah. just great looking space battle. Yeah, it, it it's just that was one of those. That's when I. That 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 moment of watching that chase scene, that's when everything picked up for me with this episode. You mean it? It wasn't when Baby Yoda ate the ate the egg. Yeah, I was. I was. I was actually. I, I was. I wasn't mad at Baby Yoda, but I was disappointed. <laughs> you were now, cheering. Later on, I got mad. You were like, eat, eat, eat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it was cool. Um, I did like how he was a leaf on the wind. Watch how he soars. Um, <laughs> when, when he got onto the snow planet, of all things. Um, that's in my notes, by the way. Uh, yeah, so um, the Razor Crest is fucked. That ship has taken a pounding in from the start of season one to now. I mean, it's... It's going to be a point where he's just going to just have to scrap it and just get a new ship. I hope not, but um, you know, I I will say uh, once they crashed and they were in that cavern and um, the frog lady took off to find the hot springs to you know have her little spa day. Um, now is it a was it an egg bath or was it egg soup? I don't know. Uh, I know what Baby Yoda thought it was. Oh yeah, dude! When he tried to eat them, and and the Mando gave him the finger, like the don't finger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think the child's stomach is going to become a problem for for him. Well, I don't know. He might be like one of those people that can eat it literally. Oh, I'm not saying he's going to get sick. I'm saying he's going to eat oh, the wrong yeah. thing and piss somebody off yeah. because oh, you know, you, you um, mean, like you know, I don't know, just like going over to uh like an alien face hugger looking spore and yeah. opening it up and yeah. eating what's in it. Spiders. Like why, why does it always have to be spiders? And that was, again, when I was talking earlier about this movie, this episode transitioning into mm-hmm. basically a horror survival movie. Yeah. Movie. That, I don't know. It's, it's something about the legs, you know, like I like my sister is 
she's done better now, but she used to be terrified of spiders. Doesn't have oh, matter, didn't yeah. matter how small they Angel, were. Angel, Angel is like terrified same way. But I, I just don't like spiders, like especially the bigger ones. And when the way they move, it's it's kind of like watching. I don't know if I sent you that video of the octopus on the yeah uh, on yeah the beach. It's just well, something surreal about something like that. The way something like that moves. Well, see, I don't like octopi octopuses octopus um they climb in trees they jump on people's heads they are a, an advanced force from an alien planet i'm 100 percent convinced and they're just biding their time well i mean that that's what <laughs> um, a lot of the lovecraftian right creatures are like yeah so all right uh real quick my notes for this are spiders why does it always have to be spiders <laughs> run mando run and then burn spiders burn <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that was the first thing i thought when i'm watching those eggs hatch i'm thinking dude you, you have a flamethrower granted that was that was a massive amount of eggs right there so yeah i i mean it, it he, he did he did so yeah so um and there were just little spider creatures coming from out of every rock nook and cranny um and then you had the big mama spider who was as big as the razor crest essentially um yeah but then uh i i put oh thank the gods the x-wings are here that plot armor sure is thick <laughs> so uh, nobody dies um the mom was okay like I, I i wasn't expecting frog lady to die but at the same time like him having to deliver the babies to the dad without her would have been really weird and compelling um at the same time to see if he like followed through on it, like how how to his word is he, or would he have just let the child eat them? <laughs> so it's funny when she like the second before she went on went all four mm -hmm. went well went basically frog on us. Yeah, I thought she was gonna fall and just get just mobbed by spiders. Yeah, but because that would have been interesting to see what Mando would have. I think he would have completed the mission yeah i hope so i mean he's I a mean, hero he... but um i will say x11 being back and frog lady using him as a translator was pretty cool um you know that that was neat um i i did like when he said i don't understand frog <laughs> <laughs> uh and then he tried to speak to her in hoodies so how many languages do, how many weird guttural languages does he know between that and sand person um, yeah, he, I think he he listed like five, three or four or five. Yeah, but um, yeah, and then I I thought it was like very Empire of the New Republic not to stick around and help him. They just threatened him. Yeah, I did I, you notice I, that? Yeah, I thought that was that was pretty dickish right there. Yeah, the like we're doing you a favor, not turning you in. Right. Uh, so like, how about he did you a favor by capturing three wanted criminals and killing two more? And yeah. killing a, a, a third that he just is hanging on to for some reason in the Razor Crest that, like, is like Sunnydale. It's just has however much room it needs to have to be whatever it needs to be. Yeah, it's like a, a tent in Harry Potter. It's like the TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then the 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 episode ends with with Baby Yoda eating one last hidden egg. Man, like. This is the one episode where, like, it was I, funny. I, I, like, I thought yeah. it was funny. 
but it yeah. was still like um um <laughs> I I think probably the funniest part was when before he ate the first egg he actually looked behind him to see who was there oh like, he was looking around sure. the whole time like every time he yeah. was trying to get in there he was like super sneaky uh he was like John Totoro in uh Mr. Deeds I'm very sneaky <laughs> <laughs> I would like to wash your feet. I'm very sneaky. So why is the first thing I think of Jonathan Detroit? I think of Transformers. Uh, because you're not obsessed with the Big Lebowski like I am. <laughs> so, oh, man. so, all right. Um, all in. I mean, this was like, I felt like it was a little bit of a letdown after the the, the previous episode. Right. But at the same time, it was still a really good episode. Yeah. And that's what, when you have a, <clears throat> and, I, and I've had, you know, I've watched countless shows over the years. So you have that where you have a show where one episode is just so damn good. And then you get the other one. And, and like you said, it's a letdown, not for anything the, the following show did, but it was because what came before it was so good. I mean, it was a good story. The episode looked great. Um, again, this was a thing where I had an issue with like the volume and like what's real and what's not. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, I thought it was a really good episode, but at the same time it was like, um, this is, this is okay. Like I, I I like it. I don't love it, but I think had this been the first episode, I'd have been perfectly fine with that too. Yeah. So like this would have been the first episode and the Marshall would have been the second. Like giving them like looking at the Marshall, right? That's like a solid nine out of ten for me. Absolutely. Looking at this, it's a solid eight out of ten for me. So like when I say it's a letdown, it's like a semantical argument. Yeah. Which I mean, technically it is a letdown if you're you're looking at it the way we are. But on its on its own, it was very well done. Yeah, I, I think we're irresponsible to look at it as any other way than a good episode, though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, what were your reaction videos like? What were, what were they saying? So, the um, a couple of things they were saying. Well, for this one, I'm, and I'm trying to kind of, I'm trying to focus on this one and not the Marshall one. Um, like they were. Uh, Again, all of them were concerned. Like one of them, I didn't finish, but I want to. Like they were all said pretty much the same thing with about Baby Yoda being, yeah, uh, yeah um, dude, that's sentient creatures you're eating. They they didn't get into the detail of you know how Mando has um, made some let's just say questionable decisions. It was more along the lines of they, they all the everyone enjoyed it and they just said it was like a fun episode and mm-hmm. that that that's a. I'll say it was very it was a very fun episode. I really liked the horror aspect. I mean, I know yeah. I've said this like twice already, but I really liked that because it, it was it kind of reminded me of episode six. It's, it's funny because again, that was the one with um, Trapper Wolf in it and mm-hmm. the criminals he was talking about. There was a horror aspect to that too when Mando was hunting down the criminals. I yeah. can't remember their names, but uh, we're. Like it was in the dark of corridors and everything yeah. like that. So I, I, I like that change and bringing something like that into the Star Wars universe and kind of because it, it just gives you a different perspective and it's not just about the whole space opera or mm-hmm. the sci-fi aspects, but 
just put it throwing in a little horror too or yeah you know a little comedy or something along those lines but yeah every like, like the ones that i watched they they all enjoyed it uh i i like the one that usually gets the deepest into it like blind wave they get deep into you know because they're geeks like us mm -hmm. but i that was the one i didn't actually i just got a chance to finish the episode with them so i didn't get a list i didn't listen to them talk you know after it and compare it to you know the, the marshall or anything like that mm -hmm. um but overall it it like the ones i've watched they really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it but it, i don't think anyone said it the way we said it as far as it being a letdown or yeah not being as good as the marshall but, but it's like it's it's like to a, a minutia of a degree, right? Yeah. Like a minute degree. It, it's like it's still a good, it's still a really really good episode. It's still like one of the better episodes of the series, and mm -hmm. you know. But at the same time, like you know, the I I think I also think if we're not reviewing this the day of, like if we had the the uh, a week like we did with the Marshall. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I'd feel the same way as far as like oh I was a little let down by it. I think I would, and it, it, the reason it is, it's because again the first fifteen minutes for me, yeah, they dragged a little bit. And when I say I I don't want to say dry because that means like, and I said earlier that it was boring. I I don't want to say it was boring, but again, it just didn't capture my attention like the mm. first few minutes of the premiere did so that's the best way i can describe it because i i was i was actually doing other things you know i was taking notes but i was yeah. also checking other things on my phone which i did not do last mm. week oh no not and at all and then once the once that once they crashed or once they actually had the started running from the x-wings you know i put everything else away i it, it that's what caught me up when the s foils went into, into attack position that's when i was like yes. i perked up Yep. So <laughs> that's exactly what happened with me too. It was like, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, like I said, nine out of ten, and an eight out of ten. Like, we're we don't have a lot to complain about about this show at the moment. Yeah, very good. Style. The only thing very to complain style. about is we have not seen Gina Carano yet. That was actually on one of my talking points <laughs> well so you know there were people complaining already about how like there's no female representation because gina carano is not in it yet oh, pelly motto what about pelly motto yeah. you know i was about to say yeah what about all the ladies who helped kill the crate dragon yeah i mean just because you couldn't see them oh well no they were what about the, the what about the frog lady yeah. So, I mean, I'm being facetious at this point, but no, yeah. I mean, like Gina Carano not showing up yet. It hasn't made sense for her to show up yet. He has no, not had to go back to find uh, Cargrief and and get help for anything. Yeah. This this is just our love of Gina Carano wanting her in pretty much every episode. Yeah. But understanding at the same time from a story perspective. Yeah. Oh, hey, real quick. Uh, the droid is not X11. It's zero. I called it the wrong thing, and I just need to fix that real quick. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, um, uh, you, you, you called it zero earlier. So it was yeah, the second, I, the second one I said X11, but yeah, it's zero. Okay. I don't know what I was thinking with X11. I don't even know what that is. So, um, by the way, Bill Burr was Mayfield. Um, that was his character. And Mayfield, okay. Gian I wasn't a was Stormtrooper wise ass. Wise ass. <laughs> I love Billy. Billy Burr is great. I love Bill Burr. So, uh, all right. Just quick tangent side note. You guys look up Bill Burr helium 
Comedy Club Philadelphia on YouTube, and you will thank me for it. Hmm. It's one of the greatest stand-up sets of all time. <laughs> you're, you're typing it in now? Um, <laughs> yes, I am. He, so so he, he was on the Opie and Anthony comedy tour at the time, and uh, he it was like this huge thing in Philly. And he's on stage, and this crowd at Helium starts booing him because, you know, Philadelphia and, you know, the type of people who are in Philadelphia. Sorry, Julian. Philadelphia people are garbage. Um, and uh, he uh, he just starts giving it back to him, right? Just, like, talking about how awful Philadelphia is and, like, just going, going, going at him, going at him. And at the end, he gets a standing ovation. It was great. It was fa- – was, it's one of the greatest stand-up sets of all time. Look, Philadelphia – boo Darren Dalton's kid in a father-son game because they were upset at him. Yeah. That's what Philadelphia fans do. They booed Donovan McNabb. Why would you ever boo Donovan McNabb? He is one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. And if he had ever won a Super Bowl, he would be uh it would be like Brady and then 10 notches down Peyton and then three notches down Joe Montana, and then four notches down Donovan McNabb. Yeah. In that order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody's going to beat the GOAT. Dude, what, what's going to happen if Tampa, like, super tangent part two. What happens if Tampa Bay wins the Super Bowl this year? Does Does Bill Belichick have to retire? Does, um, does Max Kellerman have to retire? <laughs> Max Kellerman should retire anyway. Um, yeah. Dude, oh god, how did he not get laid off today? Uh, I know Ivan Man. How, how do you lay off Ivan Mazel and you keep and Max Kellerman? That makes no sense to because me. Because you know who you don't need on that show with um, the rotating cast of woman lead anchor and Stephen A. Smith. You don't need Max Kellerman. Max Kellerman. I was about to say Max. Kellerman. He's the whole. He like you know. Um, he he's he's just the one to be like, oh guys, you know, oh I know boxing, but I don't know anything else. Like I almost can't watch Creed two anymore because he's in it. Watch what Creed two because he's in it. Oh, he is. Well, he's the one of the boxing announcers. Oh. See, when he just did boxing, I loved him. Yeah, he was fine. Yeah, but but he doesn't know yeah. anything about any. Never mind. We'll talk about this off later. Yeah. So <laughs> this has nothing to do with the Mandalorian. Um, but yeah, it, it's just one of those things where like like this this was all good. It was all good. And if you guys when you guys watch this, you'll you'll or if you've watched it, I, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, but yeah, yeah, and I have I just have really high hopes, and we we all know what's coming. Or we like well, most of us know what's coming as far yeah. as some of the new characters and some of the new new characters coming, yeah. as well as some of the ones that you know we just talked about, grief yeah. and um, Gina Carano, mm-hmm. they're coming. So I I only have high hopes for you know what we have left, what, right. six more episodes. Yeah, six. Uh, but anyway, like I I I can't complain about that either because nope. these are. It means it's going to be a tight. I season. love, I love that it's only eight episodes. Uh, you yeah. know, you know how I feel. Like mm-hmm. I, I think thirteen episodes should be the max. Anything's allowed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, ten is the preference, but 
eight, like, you know, like this, the boys, some of the other stuff that's come out recently, eight episodes is perfect. Yeah. Like something like the expanse, I think needs 10 episodes at least. Yeah. Even the last ep- because- season of the expanse wasn't 10 episodes. Yeah, it was. Was it 10? Yeah. Remember the, the episode, the seasons before it was 13. And ah, that's right. That's 10. right. Okay. But yeah, like, but yeah, I, I think the expanse at 10 episodes is perfect. Yeah. So, uh, December 16th, we'll be here soon. Yes. That'll be that'll be on our talks as well because that that'll they'll be out on Wednesdays. Yeah, kind of so. interesting that it's midweek. Yeah, so we'll have a crossover that week with the Expanse in the season two finale of uh, the Mandalorian. Wow, that's that's a that's a that's gonna be know, a good the, week. Yes, the end of one thing and the beginning of another. Yep. and then we'll uh, we'll see. Like, there's no way we can do the certified infamous list this year. Like we could do it for TV, but we can't do it for movies. <laughs> no, that's... I mean nothing came out. Like unless we want to talk about like movies that came out on streaming, but like I don't think it's the same fun. Like uh, certified infamous movies of the year: uh, Tenet and uh, New Mutants. <laughs> the Gentleman. I didn't yeah. see the gentleman. There we go. I didn't see that, that one. Really so, good. but it's on your list, really not mine. Good movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, what did I go see this year? And it was yeah. like, I went to see that in January. I mean, I'm trying to think of what I saw. I mean, I, I'd have to look it up to see what I saw at the beginning of the year. But like, I definitely went to the movies, but I just yeah. don't remember what they were because that in 2020 time that was four million two hundred seventy-two thousand eight hundred three days ago. Four score and seven thousand years ago four score and 70 billion years ago man was allowed to go outside without masks (laughs) (laughs) you were allowed to see if people had nose piercings or lipstick or chapped lips so are are you channeling your inner bane right there (laughs) no (laughs) i was doing the the abraham lincoln from uh disneyland the old the old animatronic Abraham Lincoln in the Hall of History or whatever it was called. Oh. I am Abraham Lincoln. I don't know. I don't even remember if that's how it sounded or not. But <laughs> I guess it could be kind clo- of in. Yeah. So you're, you're getting dangerously close to uh, tangent number three right now. You were born into breathing fresh air. I merely adopted it with my mask. <laughs> Oh man, if they had a Bane mask. They do have Bane masks. I sent you one. I texted it to you when I got the the Guy Fox mask, which I totally wore to vote and I wore all day yesterday. Did anybody say anything about it? Um, no, but <laughs> I have a funny story that I'll tell you offline. Um, but anyway. All right. Uh, quick shout out. Thank you, Julian, and our newest patron, Matt Mitchell. Um, thank you guys for supporting the show. Um so if you guys want to join Julian and Matt and helping us out, check out patreon.com slash infamous podcast. You get access early to the episodes. So um, even though we're recording this day late, you'll still get it before Sunday. Um, and there's all sorts of cool tiers where you can say perhaps like, you know, suggest topics and we'll vote on them. And if it's a cool topic, we'll uh, we'll do it um, right now. If you did that, Terry, you'd be the only one. So we would definitely do it. Um, so that could be dangerous for us. <laughs> Um, there's a tier where you get cool shirts because we have awesome shirts. Check out Flying Pork Apparel. Um, 
uh, actually just go to infamouspodcast.com and click on shop and it'll take you right to the fine pork apparel shop where you can buy our sweet ass shirts. One of which I'm wearing right now. It says infamous podcast in crook Cohen. Um, you can get infamous podcast in Arabesh as well. Um, sticking with the star Wars theme. I think you, Oh, actually you can get one that says this is the way in Arabesh and it's got the infamous podcast logo on the back. So I think I adequately plugged this time. Yeah, that was a, that was a seriously good plug. Right oh, there. if you are listening to us on anything but YouTube right now, we are on we I put the episodes up on YouTube usually on Monday. Um so like if you if it's easier for you to listen um while you're working from home and you have YouTube open in your browser, uh that's a thing too. <laughs> yes. So, uh but this yeah. is the way this is the way all right so we will see you guys next week we'll be back with chapter three whatever it is um how cool would that be if that was the title and i was like some sort of seer and i figured it out <laughs> just a random guess whatever it is hey mandalorian chapter three whatever it is um or be chapter what 11 whatever it is uh but yeah and um i i think Dara, you're gonna have to come up next week because the the room will be ready Oh, nice. I, uh, I I built the shelves over the weekend. I have started, or over yesterday, I uh, down in the basement, the big racks for the, the comics to go down there, and I've started moving them. I've got about eight more boxes to move, and we're good. So then the everything can go in the closet until I decide to organize the closet. Sweet. So... Plus, yeah, you've got a out. whole bag of goodies here that you need to get, and you have my I mean, Nightwing. I was about to say, I have your Nightwing. Uh, you'll, you'll have my Nightwing. That, yeah, that red hood won't be here by then, but... That's all right. Uh, well, I have your Cora and your Infamous Podcast Krakoan shirt and another surprise for you, so... Sweet. Oh, and I have your uh, little whatever Forces of Adventure uh, Mandalorian with Baby Yoda. That is better than any other baby Yoda, like little tiny, like action figure version, better than any of the other ones that have been put out. I don't know, man. I ha- I have those little. I'm telling you, ones. he is awesome. Like it is, it's the best one. So, anyway, all right. On that note, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace out. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, with new episodes out every Sunday. You can find more information about the show online at infamouspodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Infamous Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app. If you're enjoying the show, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash infamouspodcast for our new tiers and rewards. The Infamous Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Brian Tudor, with music provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Brian Tudor. So, whenever you're listening to the show, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Later. Later.